Hello, and thank you for joining us for another episode of That Solo Life, the podcast for PR pros and marketers who work for themselves. I am Michelle Kane. My company is Voice Matters, and I'm here as always with my wonderful co-host, Karen Swim of Solo PR Pro. How are you today, Karen? I'm great, Michelle. Thank you. How are you? Good, 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 good. I'm excited about this topic because, you know, it's called That Solo Life, but let's get real. We don't do this all by ourselves. That's crazy. No one can know everything. So, you know, sometimes if your project calls for it, or you just, you know, want to choose to work that way to free up more of your time to either, you know, focus on higher level work or not, is working with contractors. So today our topic is soloing together. And I feel like we've addressed this issue before, but today we want to kind of hone in on something pretty specific. So we're not talking about virtual assistants or junior people. We're actually talking about teaming up with other solo PR pros. And Mm -hmm. so I guess, you know, a good place to start is why would you do that? So in my mind, you would do that to go after a bigger book of business, Mm -hmm. um, Maybe there is an RFP or maybe you got a referral for a project and it requires um, different types of expertise than what your own personal area of expertise is. Or maybe it just requires a bigger team. It's it's right. something that you really want to do. It's in your wheelhouse, but you know that you can't do this account all by yourself. It could Correct. be to um, that you're interested in creating more of a agency type model, but you don't want to do the traditional agency thing. You, you really want to work with other people and you want to be able to have a little more freedom and flexibility in your schedule because it's not all on you. So there, there are a couple, those are a couple of good reasons that, that are top of mind for me for why the why of it all? Why would you do that if you're a solo? Why would you work with someone else? Did I miss any big top lines? What what comes up for no, you? No, I I mean I think absolutely the the top one for me would be yeah if you want to expand your your book of business if you you know clearly and I know I say this all the time it takes a certain type of person to run a business in the way that we do and I think it's a natural inclination to want to grow. And one of the ways to grow your business is to expand it. And, you know, it doesn't always have to be you doing all the work. In fact, it's, it's wise not to just because it can really, you know, you can get tired. (laughs) And I I think too, you know, it it does allow us to go after those, those larger um, bits of business, things with larger scope, things that require more than two hands and one brain. I think it's it's just natural. And I think one of the exciting things about working with other people is, you know, first of all, you get that that energy burst, right, of, of the collaboration, uh, which I think is important. And I think sometimes as solos, we can not discount that, but think that maybe we don't need it as much as we really do from time to time, not saying all the time, but from time to time you do. And then, you know, you get to learn from each other along the way, which is, you know, a great way to, you know, also expand your experience. So yeah, no, I think you covered all the reasons. Yeah. I I would also say that maybe it's to, um, to do add-on services. Mm-hmm. That is another mm-hmm. reason why you might want to solo together. So maybe yeah. you go 
into account and you, you know, maybe the bulk of the engagement is the typical things that you do, but you know that they're going to have a need for something specialized. So, so maybe, you know, in the first half of the project, they're going to need somebody to come in and do a crisis communication plan. And that's not your jam. Right. So you could team up with another solo or maybe they need media training and that's not what you do. Or maybe there's going to be a content marketing piece and you really need somebody or social media. So, you know, if you need a different type of expertise, that would be another good reason to team. Right. Um, right. I, I would say um, one of the things that we haven't talked about is how do you know that you are the kind of person that's able to team? Because let's real talk, real talk, you know, solos by nature. And I think business people, entrepreneurs by nature are, are pretty, um, they can be pretty controlling. Um, sometimes that's an issue where you have to learn how to let go of control. So yeah. how do you know that you're the right type? I mean, what do you think, Michelle? Um, I think, I think as a business owner, the healthiest thing you can do for your business and yourself is know where your limits are, right? So mm-hmm. while, yeah, well, I consider myself as, as a strategist, um, you know, a project manager, writer, savvy in social and PR, I know things that I am not. I am not a graphic designer, nor should I pretend to be. That's, to me, that's, that's professionally irresponsible. It's just ethically wrong. I am not a web developer. I am not a top-notch SEO expert. Can I write for keywords? Yes. Can I, you know, launch a full deep dive digital campaign? No. But that's, that's the beauty of, you know, being positioning yourself as a virtual agency, which is is really how I tend to present my company. Because yeah, I've had the expertise of leading these projects and working with these types of people. So it's no different from when I was, you know, at Eighth and Pine in that brownstone many years ago. (laughs) It's just the things have, have changed. So I think knowing yourself and knowing, acknowledging your limits and that it's okay. And, you know, it could be really tough for people who find it hard to relinquish control. Yeah. I, th- I, think, I think it's key then to find people, you know, you should always work with contractors that you trust and that you know, you know, know their stuff. But I think it's really key that that trust is there in a big way. If, if you know yeah. that you have those issues. You know, when I first yeah. started out in my own business, you know, my company's name is Words for Hire and it's Words for Hire because I had no plans to do anything other than write. Mm-hmm. Um, and that changed within week one of my business. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, as I, you know, writing professionally and and in the early part of my business, I did a lot of writing from copywriting to ghostwriting books. And I mean, just, you know, white papers, case studies, you name it, I wrote it. Mm-hmm. And I learned very quickly to, um, not only adjust my voice to write in the voice of, you know, whoever was hiring me into a line, but I also learned to let it go. I had to, you have to, as a writer, you have to do the work and you have to not hold tight control. You have to realize that it's not your story. You're just providing the mechanics of it. Mm-hmm. It's the client story, whoever hired you. And so it may not be your vision the way that something unfolds. It may, 
you know, you pick your battles, you know, you don't argue over every comma. You just, as long as the work is good and it's the results that the client hired you for, you, right. you really let go. Yeah. And, and that was, it, it was a little bit of a process for me because writing was, you know, a lifelong passion of mine where you write something, it's your baby. Yeah. And, you know, there was that tendency to want to hold it and protect it and make sure that you protect it, you know, the integrity of it. Yeah. But I learned to adjust that and to understand that it was protecting the integrity of doing good work, right. but delivering per the client's expectations. And so yeah. that lesson really um, has served me well because I work with other people that do the same thing that I do. Right. Um, I work with other writers and, and these days I don't write all the things I write very few of the things. And, um, I have learned to allow them to do what they love to do, realizing that they're not going to tell the story the same way that I would, their process may be completely different, but I don't care. I right. focus on the end result. Are we giving the client what they need? Um, being able to learn to let go like that mm-hmm. really frees you to be more strategic, to be more creative. You find that you gain more time in your day and you truly do have more flexibility. You're not chained to your desk because you're sharing the workload with other people. And, yep. and so I think that you definitely have to be someone that um, is not so type A that the dishwasher has to be loaded a very particular way, or you don't believe that the dishes are clean. <laughs> right, right. No, it's it's so true, and it's. I think that's such a key takeaway: is always have the client's goal in mind. It's it's really not about you. Um, you know, I yeah. I think I think back to I don't know how you felt about you know those college placement essays that you had to write, right? Uh, They gave you a topic or even on papers when people were saying, you know, I don't know, I don't care about it. I'm like, it's not the point whether or not you care about it. It's how well it's written. So put that aside, you know, pick a, pick a point of view and, and roll with it. You don't necessarily have to, you know, have such an emotional stake with it. Not that of course, you know, our business is personal. We, we cherish these people that entrust us to perform these activities for them. But yeah, if, if you're going to grow, you definitely have to be a little more open. Hey, I recently relinquished my love of the Oxford comma for a client. They, they, the project lead was like, no. And I'm like, oh, you know what? This isn't a hell worth dying on. Fine. It's all good. You know, at I least it, it wasn't a sentence where we were going to, you know, where we were communicating that we might be eating grandma. So, you know, it wasn't one of those. So I'm like, eh, it's fine. Whatever. It still works. Yeah. So, so yeah, you yeah. do have to be open. Yeah, yeah. And I and I think another concern people might have, or another people, you know, some solos out there might think, well, gosh, how do I how do I start this? You know, how do I find the right person? How do I trust? You know, hey, we might meet for for lunch every once in a while, and and I think you're good at what you do, but how do I get past that difficult, that awkward of are you really good at what you do? Yeah. <laughs> good enough to be on my team and uh, can be kind of risky for us from time to time, but it is. I mean, so I'm going to be completely transparent and 100% honest. And, and this is not a slam on, on, on people that I've worked with, you know, over these almost 20 years. Right. Everybody's not a great fit for you. 
And, right. and so in that regard, and again, this is where you really make that mindset shift from a worker to in your own company, because I think we all start there, right? We all start out as yes. worker bees in our own company. We're doing all the things, yeah. all of it. Yeah. Um, this is where you really shift into CEO mentality. You shift back in, and, and many of us came out of leadership roles. You shift back into management mode. And you have to realize that it's not personal. You want to give people the tools to right. succeed. You want to ensure that you really vet. It, it can't be just, I like so-and-so, so I'm going to work with them. You want to do your due diligence to pre-qualify, to ask the right questions, to lay it all on the table right up front. How do you work? What are your expectations? If you expect for people to be available five days a week during business hours, you need to say that. You need to set the expectations. You know, if you're somebody that needs more communication, then you need to say that. You need to say, you know, working with me, I really do expect, you know, like an email check-in at the end of the week, outline, you know, where things stand because I'm responsible for the client. And you're going to find little bumps along the way because it takes time for people to learn your work style, just as if you're hiring somebody, you can't expect to just bring in somebody and everything is 100% perfect. The other thing that I would say is that you cannot be afraid to end relationships when it's not working. Do it sooner rather than later. Now I've learned that it's worth me addressing the things that I don't like openly, honestly, and immediately. Mm-hmm. If I don't like something, if something's not working, say it, talk to the person and try to work through those things just as you would with a client and set the expectations. Like, here's what I'd like to see. Here's what you're doing. And that, you know, here's what I'd like to see happen. Have that discussion because sometimes you could be wrong. You could have a misperception. It's just a communication breakdown. So you need to address right. these things and talk openly and honestly. Mm-hmm. And then if it's not working the beauty of contractor is that they're not an employee. Right. At the end of a month, you can just say, you know, hey, I'm not going to be needing, you know, um, your help in the next month. Yeah. It's as simple as that. It, yeah. it really is. No heart feelings, you know, hey, I'll keep you in mind. Sometimes you may find people that you brought on for a particular task and they're really not strong in that and, and don't do it as well as you do. Um, sometimes that's very important. Sometimes people think they're good at something and it's like, girl, mm-mm, no, you're not. But your confidence you do, is fabulous. <laughs> you see something else and you're like, you know, they are really not good at that, but they are good at this. And right. so now you start to build your own like bench of talent where, you know, like maybe somebody was not right for this and maybe it's, it's even client specific, like, you know what, they're good at this, but they would be a better fit for this type of client. And so you just, you know, manage your relationships, keep those relationships going because if somebody doesn't work on a particular account, doesn't mean that you can never work with them again. Right. Exactly. There are people that I would never work with again, but I, I am very thankful to say that that list is very, very, very short. There are a few people that I'm like, "Mm, never, ever, ever, ever. There is nothing that you can do. There is, I would work extra hours, weekends, nights, 
before I would hire you again. But that list is super tiny. And <laughs> if you're listening, it's not you. <laughs> good, good save, good save. But I, I think that also speaks to, you know, a way to start building that bench is, you know, maybe even before you feel like you need the contractor, yeah. farm out a little piece of work. It could be as, you know, little as farming out a simple news release or a blog post here and there. Yeah just to find out how they work. And that way, you know, the stakes aren't as high yeah. as, as when you really need someone on your team. And, you know, if it's, if it's a designer, you know, let's say, you know, you're going to need a social graphic in three months and something you might normally kick out on Canva, but you just want to see, yeah, how's this collaboration going to work? You know, yeah. think, think ahead, sit with, sit with your, your schedule and your, and your, you know, your plate of work and see where you might be able to farm things out that aren't, you know, as time sensitive or as crucial to the success of client satisfaction and, you know, see how it works. And that, and that way, you know, you're slowly building your team, which, you know, I, I think is a wise move and, you know, there's no surprises and, and that way, too, the expectation perhaps on the other end isn't so, you know, great should things not work out. Because I know sometimes if you have the potential for a, a, a wide berth of work, and you think, oh, I need all these people. It's going to be great. Let's all work together. And then you think, oh, God, how do I tell them I really don't yeah. <laughs> I mean, honesty. And, and again, yeah. you know. Just even if you work with somebody and they are fantastic at what they do, you may not work well together. That's okay. It's not a commentary on your, on your ability or the other person. And so this is all about just open and honest communication. Maybe you find out it's like, Oh, you know what? We're better friends than colleagues. And and that's okay. It really is okay. Um, I, you know, I just, believe that all of us should have some things that we work on other people with and that I wouldn't have said that many years ago, but I have learned how much it really benefits our business and our own mental health to not be in this thing all by yourself. And now maybe you're somebody, it's like, I have the business that I want. I manage it. I only take on the work that I can manage. And that's where I want to be for whatever reasons. Maybe you are a parent and you only want to work a certain number of hours. And this is where you are in the season of your life. I am not knocking that at all. But, you know, if your situation doesn't require you to, you know, have this very controlled schedule and you can do a little bit more, having at least a backup, somebody that you sort of work with here and there so that they at least know you and know kind of the things that, because life happens to all of us. And if you have some partners that you can tap into, and if you need to be away from your business, you don't have to shut down. You can keep things going. Um, I also think it's a good, it's just it's really good when you start to write checks to other people. Nothing will motivate you to keep your business growing. I I'll promise do. you. And the funny thing is that you'll never miss the money. Like, because I know that, you know, again, I am single and self employed. There is no, for some people, they think that that is the scariest position to be in financially. 
So I understand that initial hurdle of looking at your balance sheet and, and, you know, being honest, not wanting to give up your income because you're taking away from your income to pay someone, but it forces you to really examine, am I charging the right amount? Am I charging clients the right value? That's one thing. Second is that you find that when you don't have to do all the things, you can actually expand your client base and you don't have to work more hours. It is a beautiful thing to give yourself breathing room in your business. And if you're not always doing, working, thinking, researching, then you get to be more creative. You'll find that you have these pockets of time where you can actually think not only about individual clients, but about your business overall. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that we don't talk enough about that, that right. we should have a vision for our own business. You know, right. where do you want to be in five years, 10 years? Right. What's your exit strategy? Do you plan to create a business that you can sell? Do you want to build a business that becomes, you know, the family business? There are plenty of people in PR that follow their parents into mm-hmm. the profession. Um, we had a guest um, recently whose um, dad had started this graphic design marketing business and yeah. she worked in the business and then she took over the business. It is possible for you to create a business that your children step into. And and I know some of you out there have PR kids. You know, one of my colleagues has a kid that's interested in PR. I That's so beautiful to me. So think ahead, you know, but when you're doing, 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 and then it's Friday and you're exhausted, (laughs) you're not thinking about that. You're just thinking about, oh, okay, funding announcement, um, client survey, okay, content marketing campaign, okay, got to do this, got to do, you know, it's just a, your days are just series of checking, checking it off, doing the work, checklist, checklist, okay, got that, got that, got that, pitch that, secure that, did this. You need breathing room. You do, you do. <laughs> hey, and and I'll be honest, you know, I am kind of in that position and eager to move out of it, you know? It's like, and, and it is scary even to say, take two hours on your calendar, you know, yeah. and just sit and think about your business and think of the ways that you can expand it because, you know, if you intend to have it for the long haul, you need to think about the sustainability, you know, yeah. where we're all tough cookies. We can all tough it out for a while, but the tough it out is going to run out and you don't want to be in that position. You know, you don't. And, and honestly, if if you start just, you know, baby stepping contractors in, then you'll be ready when the big opportunities come. It's so much better than, you know, chasing things after the fact, you know, if you have an opportunity, you're like, Oh Yeah. Or also, this is another thing I've don't don't make this mistake, and I don't know that I've made this mistake per se. I, I I think some I had to stop myself the first time I did it, which was you know hey you know I'm looking to for a new web developer, and and this was early on in my business, and I was like oh I can recommend whoa 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 wait a second I can do that like that's my business hello hello. <laughs> <laughs> And, and yeah, so make sure <laughs> don't trip over that 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 little thing there you know um yeah. you know keep that in mind too <laughs> yeah like oh yeah this could be an opportunity for me where it's nothing that i really need to do 
I'm just, you know, a little light project management, to be honest, and, and moving things along. Because sometimes people in those positions who are, you know, the web developers, the creatives, they, they don't want to be client facing. True. I mean, you know, just because True. we're not agencies doesn't mean the agency model doesn't work. And, you know, I know in the past I've been called on to be that buffer because things were not going well. And I'm, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you were yelling at the client. We don't yell at the client. You yell at me. And yeah. then I, I find a way to communicate it to the client. We never yell at the client. <laughs> well, I love that you brought that up because, you know, often we think about, you know, soloing together for the bigger projects. But you know what? Soloing mm -hmm. together also allows you to take on smaller projects. Mm -hmm. It allows you to, you know, I've done this. My colleagues have done this where you take a project because you really like the person and you're not really going to be involved, but you give that budget to someone else, you know, in your network. And that person, you know, works under the banner of your company. They're, you're a yeah. contractor, yeah. but they enjoy the work. You've given them work. And, and maybe you take like a small piece of the pie for the administrative part. So exactly. you're not really doing any of the work. You maybe yeah. are you know, taking a meeting or, you know, right. handling communication, doing the invoicing, but you have this joy of serving a client that you're doing zero work for, but somebody else is happy yeah. because they love that client and you provided another avenue of income for them. And so exactly. it really is not just to get the bigger pieces of business. It can also give you that that freedom to take on different size budgets because you can take on things that you're not really involved in. You know, we've talked so much in this past year and a half about mental health, just, you know, overall in the whole white world. I will tell you that I am so thankful for not working on my own during this time, not just because work expanded, mm -hmm. because honestly, I haven't always been 100%. I just yeah. haven't. There have been periods of time where I was low-key depressed, even though life was fantastic. Life outside was not fantastic. I have been exhausted. I have, you know, not felt well. And if I had the burden of carrying my business on my shoulders on top of all the stuff that was happening in the world, I'm not sure I would have made it through as well as I did, but I, you know, we could count on each other. If somebody was at 40%, you could carry their load. You, you yeah. could step up. And then if you were the one that was down that particular week, somebody else could step in and they could shoulder. So it just really helped to have a team of people and a network. And then just people that you could be open and honest and talk with and have that support system. Um, people just, that get it. I, say enough about it. And, and I know not everyone's a fan. Some, some of you really enjoy just working on your own, but, you know, consider just adding somebody for a little tiny piece and, <laughs> and let us know about it. Let yeah. us know how it worked for you. We'd love yeah. to hear that. Yeah. So, you know, we hope you get inspired from this episode, you know, think of, think of little ways that you can start working with other, other professionals just to, you know, expand your business, take the load off. And uh, we thank you for spending time with us and you inspire us too. And so until next time, thanks for listening to That Solo Life. <laughs>